Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, we have another Q&A. Today, we're going to talk about plateaus inside of COVID. So how should your training be right now, and what should you be doing when you go back to the gym after COVID. We're also going to talk about a bunch of different random things. So we had some questions about some new devices that are coming out in the fitness space. We had some some nutrition uh, and reverse dieting uh, questions. And then we also did some personality questions at the very end, just talking about music. So you're going to hit a little bit of everything. We even talked about a chip that is apparently going in the back of Elon Musk's head which I am completely clueless about. So you're going to hear a lot of interesting talk today, but I think there's a lot of informative discussion and you are going to enjoy. Before we get into the show, I want to give our sponsor a big shout out. That is Top Notch Nutrition. Guys, if you want to try something out, you can save 10 to 15% by clicking the link in the show notes of this podcast, or you can head over to topnotchnutrition.com slash boom boom. If you like the show, do me two huge favors. Number one, head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. And number two, head over to Instagram and post a screenshot of this episode on your story and tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to share it on my story as well. Without any further ado, let's get on to the Q&A. Uh, another Q&A? Cool. Did, uh, do you see the stickers out there? No. Oh, you got to go in the gym soon. Oh, Put yeah. stickers on everything. I covered the on the cable machine. It says Hoist. That's the brand. Covered that on the glute ham race, took off the road. Not even hating, put just represent. Yeah, just represent. It's on everything. Shannon's like, <laughs> Shannon goes, is that one not big enough? And she pointed out the sticker on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, but it needs to be in every single picture that we take. Everything tailored. Yeah. Which sounds like whiz every time I say that. but The takeover. No, everything tailored. I, I know. I'm oh, saying we're causing it. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I thought you thought I said that. Yeah. No, I fucking love it, dude. I love the logo. The logo's so yeah, sick to me. Logo's sick. I don't have it anywhere over there. <laughs> Soon. Yeah, I should get a bigger dude. sticker and cover the boom boom. I know. I thought about that, putting something big up there. I mean, those guys could do a sticker up that. Yeah. Big sticker over our desks. But yeah. All right. I fucking love it. All right, let's get right into it. We got a bunch of questions today, good ones. Uh, we'll start with Shafehi24. Do you think people who haven't had gym access or not heavy, not heavyweight at home are going to experience a little bit of newbie gains when they go back to the gym and start lifting heavy again? I have resistance bands, and my heaviest <coughs> dumbbell is 30 pounds. I can still create a lot of tension, but, man, I miss the barbell. Um, I think – in a way, yes. Um, however, I also think that part of it isn't actually going to be quote unquote newbie gains. I think it's going to be a little bit of uh, muscle memory. So what we do know is with muscle memory, <clears throat> a lot of times when you lose muscle, you don't actually lose muscle. Um, so you have to like really stop. So like, let's say you're out of the gym for three months. You would have to literally not do anything 
for three full months to truly atrophy and lose muscle. But if you're doing bands and body weight and stuff like that, you're still doing enough to maintain. Yeah. So most likely what's happening is, is with muscle memory, you de- deplete muscles a little bit because it's not as taxing. So your body doesn't require as much carbohydrates to store as glycogen. Yeah. So a lot of muscle tissue is just carbohydrate and water stored in a tissue. Um, it's like a sponge. The sponge is already there, but once you put water in it, it gets bigger. You know what I mean? So that's, that's your muscle, right? When you go back into the gym, it's going to require more of that glycogen. So I think there is going to be some muscle memory, but that's not really newbie gains. That's like you lost a little bit of size because you depleted yourself slowly over three months. And then when you got back in the gym, you kind of like filled back out. Um, that's probably most likely what's going to happen. But then I also think there is going to be would some people call that newbie gains? I mean, in a, in a way, that's why I said yeah. kind of. It, yeah. it kind of is in a way. Um, I also think that, you know, and, and I think that's partially why, like, I gained so much weight on this phase. And I can still see my abs. Like, I don't know how I gained so much weight so quick. It's probably muscle memory. I, I've been this heavy before. Actually, I haven't. I've been close to this heavy before. So a lot of that gain was probably just initial, like, muscle memory from muscle yeah. that I've already built in the past. But from being a business owner and then a dad and then going through surgery, like I just wasn't training and doing what I needed to do to like really see gains. So I saw some muscle memory. They seem like newbie gains and I'm loving it, but it's probably muscle memory. So you can look at it like that. And then I also think too, like some people will experience some, um, I don't think anything will be like newbie gains. I mean, if you take somebody who's like, look, when I think newbie gains, I think of a 20 year old kid who's scrawny. That's never been in the gym. And he's like, I'll do anything you say. Like, you're going to get so big so quick. Um, when Theo first started training with me, he gained like fucking, it was like over 30 pounds the first year, literally over 30 pounds. Like he just ex- blew up. He's never, obviously he's not on steroids or anything like that, yeah. but it's because he was just not one. He wasn't training very hard and he was doing all the wrong things. So like his new beginnings and he was young. It was just crazy. Um, and he came in, he was like, this is what I want to do for a living. So I'll do anything you guys say. So it's like pff, fresh slate, you know what I mean? And he's committed. Um, but, Point being is I think some people will experience newbie gains because there is some research that shows like uh, there's a novelty stimulus when you stay away from something. So if you um, have been following, for example, a uh, strict push-pull legs bodybuilding program for a year, like within like a close to that split, but like basically the same shit for a year, and then you go, I'm going to start CrossFit. You're probably going to see some crazy strength in in muscle gains like rapidly because it's so different. You switch to powerlifting, same thing. You switch to anything, really. It's the same thing. But it's not because uh, of anything besides like it's just a new stimulus. So I think the gym is going to be a new stimulus for most people, and you're probably going to experience that. But most people need to ease into it because if you overtrain because of it, you're not going to be able to see gains because then you're basically – you're eliminating your body's ability to go through that recovery process. So, yeah, but yeah, I think some people will. Hopefully that'd be great. Everybody gets jacked. All right. Um. And I think too, you got to think about this. The last thing I'll add to that I just thought of is, is yeah. effort plays a big role. So I think there's a lot of people who are just kind of going through the motions in the gym and now they're so excited to get back in the gym. When the gym opens, they're going to put way more effort into it. And they're going to see gains and they're going to think it's newbie gains. It's like, no, you're just doing shit better and working harder in the gym than you ever were because you didn't have it taken away from you. Because yeah. now everybody's like, fuck, I didn't realize how much I missed the gym. Yeah. You know? So I think part of it might just be that. Agreed. All right. Um, next question. Emma Becerra. Becerra. 
Thoughts on people in the fitness industry doing 10K calorie challenges. Recently came across Eric the Electric, who is a power lifter and recovered anorexic, who now does crazy 50K calorie challenges and says that is okay. What are your thoughts on this? Um, that's wild. That's wild. First of all, somebody who's a, a past anorexic is the last person I'm going to challenge to eat 10,000 plus calories. I guess just absurd. Um, if you look at how much, what, I, what, hold on for, for myself and people out there that don't know what they're saying, what is this challenge? So there's like this thing, it was on YouTube. Um, 10, it's like basically like a 10,000 calorie day. So I, I eat about 2650. So 2,650 yeah. calories a day. And I feel like I eat a lot of food. Like, I mean, I eat a big-ass breakfast, I have a snack, and then I have a big lunch, and then I have a huge dinner, and then I have a dessert after that every night. 10,000 calories is a lot. I mean, you got to eat, like, a few pizzas <laughs> in the day. Like, it's, it's nuts. So, whole- Jeff Nipper did it, and I watched him do it on YouTube. This is the only one I ever watched, and I've seen a bunch of people do it. And you just have to eat, like, so much. All absurd, day. All day. And this has to be, like, you got to go Chipotle and get a Mondo burrito, and then you got to go Domino's and order a pizza. Like, it's just crazy. So first and foremost, somebody who was an anorexic is the last person I would recommend. Anybody who had any type of eating disorder is the last person I'm going to challenge to eat, binge basically until they hit 10,000 calories. Um, the second thing I think about it is it's just extremely unhealthy. Yeah. That's literally like for most people, five plus days worth of calories. Like why would you want to consume this, that? Are these challenges been one week? It's a day. 10,000 no, calories in a day. No, I get that. Yeah. Is this – no, it's just one day. You just, no, you just do it one day. Oh, okay. For ten for a full week, no. <laughs> but I'm saying that's like a week's worth of calories for some yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in a single day, I, I think it's just one. Of the, it's just unhealthy. I mean, like that's you have to eat so much processed shit that not only are you putting a lot of things that are probably aren't good for you. Are they going to kill you? No, but your gut yeah. is going to be so fucking angry at yeah. you. Like there's just going to be so much digestive stress from that. <sighs> Um, and you're going to get fat. I mean, like at the end of the day, like you, that, that puts you in an 8,000 calorie surplus in a 24 hour period. Tell me that you can't gain fat from that. Yeah. Like you are absolutely going to be bloated fat mess and it's going to take days to recover from that. What is the point of that? What do yeah. you get out of that? Yeah. Like so, I could do it. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind. I could do it. I could get a pint of ice cream. I could eat like fucking Dairy Queen, Domino's and Chipotle all day. And I would easily do that, but I would feel like shit. It would take me further away from my goals and it would create an unhealthy relationship with food. I think it's stupid. And and I think it's stupid that people promote it on YouTube like as influencers and they're like, this is okay. You should do it. Doesn't make sense. Okay. What's the point of it? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it, to see if you can do it. Okay. It's it's harder than you would think. Like I know like the first time I heard about it, I was like, I could do that. If I really wanted to, I could easily do that. Just give me all the ice cream and pizza I want. But a lot of people actually get really sick during it and it's, yeah. like, it's hard to Absolutely. do. Yeah. And then M asks uh, at the end of her question, "Does Eric guys doing fifty thousand calories a day? I fifty k plus calories a day. He's, she says, who now does crazy fifty k plus calorie challenges and says this is okay. It, that must be a span over a week or something. Okay, because there's no way like you, you might actually die. Yeah, because you know like you can drink too much water, yeah. like and you can technically die if you drink like six gallons of water. Or I something. think it's technically drown." Whatever. No, no, I'm not but, correcting you, but that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm sure you can die from too much food. Like your gut and your stomach and your intestines wouldn't be able to oh contain gosh, it. Yeah. Your esophagus wouldn't be able yeah. to. It'd just be like raw. Yeah. 
That's disgusting. This is making me cringe. Yeah, I don't. I would. It just does. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like why? Oh. Like why? Like yeah. what is the point? Like I just. Well, Emma, you got his thoughts. That's like to me. That's like eating icy hot. Whoa. Yeah. Like, could you do it? Yeah. Why the fuck would you want to? I challenge you to eat some icy hot. It's like what? No. Like, I'm not gonna put Tiger Balm on my fucking tongue. Yeah. It's just I don't know. It's just weird to me. Just, yeah. That's like save that for Jackass. Yeah. I wish that show was still around. Yeah. That show was such a highlight of our childhood. Day. <laughs> Dude. Oh my god. That show was absurd I to think know, about. I didn't even know about this stuff. That, uh, that's crazy. The challenges. Yeah. Oh, I think you meant Jackass. I was like, come <laughs> on, bro. <laughs> no. I used to love that show. Yeah. All right, done with that nonsense. I guess. Damn, that's crazy. I can't believe they got away with Jackass. Yeah. Well, some of the stuff they did. Freedom. Yeah, there was that episode where the guy uh, took a dump in Home Depot, like in the manic, like the porcelain toilet that was for sale. Yeah. Just sat down in front of everybody in the store. Yeah, I mean they got arrested several times. Yeah, many times. It's not. It's insane. just, it's just, it, but it's crazy that they can film it and put it out on live t- TV. Yeah, I mean it breaks down to like they might. I have, can't believe MTV support backed it. Yeah, but then it goes further than that. Like I don't care who backs it or whatever, but it's the. National TV Association that yeah. put it on live television. Yeah, they're allowing it over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess like it, that's kind of like that whole thing. Like, uh, bad publicity is still publicity. Yeah, like I think it's that. Like they're like, well, if we're getting millions of people watching TV, yeah, what are we gonna do? Yeah, it's I mean, just so crazy. That's is. Oh, I don't even want to say this. this is kind of this is stupid, but like you know how national. What I'm I'm making it up, but the National Television Association, mm-hmm. whatever, whoever allows things on TV and bleeps things out and mm-hmm. whatever. Is there something like that for the internet? Because there's extremely illegal stuff on the internet. Yeah, I don't know. Extremely. I, there's got to be and there's like very a very popular websites with extremely. Yeah, illegal. I don't know. I have no idea. There's got to be some kind of regulation, and I think they I just don't think there is. I think the government does. Like, I think there like if go. something's extremely legal, they'll take it down. But how long does it take them to find that? That and are the people putting it up smarter than the government? Like, exactly. Sometimes the government hires people Absolutely. who are like illegal hackers all the time. Absolutely. I mean, I only know that from watching TV shows, but you don't want, you don't want 50 years in prison work for us. Exactly. That's great. Crazy. All right, dude, I think I got this name. All right. It's Nick Goings. Uh, no, it's actually, uh, Goings. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, chest workout for women. Should they vary from a male's chest day? If so, how? Um, I was trying to think of a funny way to pronounce yeah, Nick and be like, no, it's, um, okay. So, I think that you can answer this in two ways. Like technically, I would say no um, because a female can do any exercise that a male can do and they're still going to get benefit. They still have the same musculature. Mm-hmm. They're still going to build. They're still going to see results. Um, the difference is is how much volume do you actually need on a given body part depending on the individual. What results. I mean by that is I have, I have two push days a week where all I do is chest, shoulders, triceps. Most women don't need to do as much chest work as I do. So I might lean more on chest and triceps and women might lean more on shoulders because women, um, one, have smaller pecs than guys. Two, they have proportionally the same size shoulders as men do for their relative to their body size. Um, and they want nice shoulders, upper back stuff more than they want like a big chest, mm-hmm. right? And obviously in a different way. Yeah. But um, so you don't need to put as much volume. And that's why like I typically like upper lower splits with women. Um, I like upper lower push pull legs. Um, or like full body or I like lower, upper, lower, upper. So there's no lower, upper, 
lower, upper, lower. So there's three lower days, two upper body days. Point being is I put less volume towards biceps, chest, stuff like that for for women. And I also put more volume on glutes and uh, stuff like that compared to men. Um, I have some men that don't hip thrust ever. You know, some do because they just need power of power in their hip extension. It's a good exercise. But almost all my women do hip thrust because they all want better glutes. Like that's one of the things they train for. Whereas guys want a big chest, big biceps. Girls don't necessarily want that. So it's not a matter of like women can't do this, guys can't do this. It's literally just like we can all do the same shit, but we need to like spread volume out and, and emphasize areas of our body differently just because of that. And then the other thing with this too is like exercise selection depends on strength. For some women, a barbell bench press is totally fine. For other women, they can't bench press the bar. So why would I put a barbell bench press? With a guy, that's like a great exercise to build strength. Um, so I might put a dumbbell bench press for them, um, which I actually do quite often anyway because it's I, I, I actually like dumbbell bench press better for, for – hypertrophy than barbell bench um i think barbell bench is more of like a strength builder yeah um so for a female who's looking for aesthetic changes and doesn't give a shit how much her compound lifts add up to i might not even put a barbell bench press i might put a barbell push press or something like that because it focuses on shoulders that can be her strength press for for the the for the week or whatever um and i might do dumbbell floor press dumbbell incline press dumbbell flat press stuff like that um so I think there is exercise selection just based on capabilities. Um, it's the same thing with like uh, I might put weighted chin-ups for a dude for eight reps. Right? In my program right now, I have, I've set four sets of eight weighted chin-ups. There's like, a, like a vest or a chain. A vest or a chain with a dumbbell or something below me. There's a lot of women that can't do eight reps with added weight. A lot of women, it's just a compliment to do eight reps because they have a smaller upper body. Like yep. usually their legs are stronger. So for a female, why would I put that? Like I might put a bodyweight chin-up or a jackknife chin-up or I might just put a lat pull-down. Because it's the same movement pattern, but I don't have to limit her ability um, and keep form tight. Like sometimes I don't like putting weighted chin-ups on people's program because they swing. They don't have good form. It's like you're not even accomplishing what you're supposed to accomplish. Um, So I think there is times that you got to change exercise variation. But in theory, nothing's different. It's just about proportioning volume in different places. For sure. Different amounts. Dope. I think that's the best way to answer that one. Yep. All right. Uh, next question is from Ryan Campbell. It says, "What what is your advice for those stuck in a weight loss plateau during COVID?" Good question. Hmm. Uh, honestly, like, part of me is just like nothing changes. Like, uh, I mean, a deficit is a deficit, and a bigger deficit leads to more weight loss. So, if you're at a plateau, and it's COVID, create a bigger deficit within COVID. <laughs> like, it's just. I mean, the only difference is you're at home. You're not walking, you know what I mean? Like if anything, it's easier because you don't have temptations of bars and restaurants and shit like that. So I would just say like, just be more dialed in and just honestly, you might have to create a bigger deficit and add to that too. Like depending on what you do for a living, you might have, uh, you lowered your, your non-activity thermogenesis. So you might be walking less. You might be moving less because you're at home more. For some people, they move more. Like for me, I've I've actually added probably 5,000 steps a day ever since COVID started because I just need to get out of the house. I need to do something. So I'm like, I'm going to go on a walk mm-hmm. multiple times a day. Or I take Blakely on a long ass walks. And usually that turns into like just carrying her yeah. for a fucking mile. Um, I always joke. I say, we go on carries now. We don't even go on walks. Because <laughs> as soon as we get outside, she goes walk. And I'm like, okay, let's take her outside. Shoulder. All right. Put yeah. it on my shoulders. And she just doesn't want down. <laughs> it's like, all right. Um, but point being is like if, if activity has lowered, if you're tracking your knee and you know your steps have lowered – you probably need to create a bigger deficit because your caloric expenditure has 
has gone down yeah. since COVID. Um, so most likely nothing changes. I mean, principles are principles, right? Uh, you, I mean, you need a calorie deficit. You need to be active. You need to have caloric expenditure. You need to be have your diet dialed in. You need to track what you're doing. You need to get sleep. You just got to do more of it right now because we're not moving as much. Um, and then for some people, you don't need to do anything. It's just a good chance to dial in and be more accurate because you don't eat out. So you're not guessing on what you're eating and what your macros are anymore. Um, so it might be even easier. I know for me right now, everything's way easier because I don't have, I'm, we're not going out to dinners. We're not going out to the bar, anything like that. It's yeah. just, everything's at home. What is, uh, your quote unquote definition? If you just say created, created more of a deficit, pull carbs. How do you diet? Just so if you're eating 150 protein, 200 carbs, 50 fat, I'd say, hey, drop 50 grams carbs and then add uh, a three-day refeed. That, what's, that, what's that number? Yeah. Like, I mean, I would usually like 50? adjustments depend. Um, no, because it's all relative to the person's intake. So I, that's what I meant. Yeah. Usually it's anywhere between 5 to 25%. So if somebody – so like, go. for example, 25% is a big cut out of your calories. Yeah. Um, but I do that. Like I just did that with two different people who have been in a – one in a six month, one in a nine month gaining phase. So their calories are super fucking high yeah. and we're just starting the deficit. We just started their cut this week. So it's like, let's make a big chunk out of your calories and just get the most out of it. Because if I drop 5%, you're still going to be at maintenance. Yeah. 5% still at maintenance. So it's like, it's let's just relative. get the fuck out. Yeah. Let's just get out of maintenance because maintenance is a moving target. Um, and then for some individuals like her, if she's in a plateau, sometimes I only adjust 5%. So 5% of calories, take that from carbs, go for it. And then give yourself some diet breaks. Um, start, putting reminders in your phone to walk more because that'll burn more calories. That'll create a bigger deficit. But typically that's, that's probably what you're going to have to do. Honestly. Sure. Love it. All right. Uh, next question is Jen Johnston. What's the minimal effect dose to keep my muscle mass currently? If I haven't been feeling, feel, feeling heavy weights, haven't been feeling heavy weights. Mm. <laughs> Get the feels on. <laughs> Um, oh my God. <laughs> I know what you mean, Jen. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, haven't been able to use. I, I've, I've, I've heard that like, like people will say like, oh, I haven't felt a bar barbell in a while. Like I need to feel a barbell kind of thing. So I, I get yeah. what you mean. Um, but, uh, what's the minimal effective dose, um, for, for what, for right now or for when gyms open? What's the minimal up? effective dose to keep my muscle mass currently? If I haven't been feeling heavy weights. Yeah. Um, currently I would say probably about 50% of your volume. So like the easiest way to do that is look at the program you were doing before that you were maintaining the amount of muscle mass you had on. Um, look at the program and count all your sets. How many sets per muscle group per week are you doing? Um, and then try to do at least half of that at home. Typically, if we're doing at home workouts, I would probably encourage people to do at least 75% of it because if you don't have weights, the uh, effectiveness of the volume is different. So three sets of push-ups does not create as much significance with muscle growth as three sets of bench press. It's different. A bench press, you're going to throw 100 to 200, 300 pounds on the bar, whoever you are, and do reps. A push-up, you're just doing your body weight. Yeah. It's different. So it's, there's just not as much applied tension and mechanical tension on the muscle. So I would say like if you're at home doing body weights and band stuff, you're probably going to need at least 75% of your your uh, volume, but I would probably just try to do hundred percent of it. Just count your sets while you're at home. Do that many sets because at worst you just maintain, you might yep. even gain a little bit because it's a new stimulus of doing a different type of resistance with all these bands. So I would probably go that route um, of just trying to do hundred percent of your volume. And then for anybody who still has weights, but they're like, Hey, I'm under high stress. So what do I need to do to maintain during this time? 50% of your volume, which doesn't seem like anything. So you could literally go from training like 
six days a week to three days a week and still accomplish that, you know, but that's literally how much it takes to maintain muscle. You're not going to make any progress, but you will maintain. Um, so it's really simple that way. Gotcha. So it says (laughs) I train five to six days a week, always, uh, morning time around seven 30 AM. My workouts are a combo of 20 minute hit type training, 30 minute spin, 30 minute weights. The last time I eat is the evening before with a meal around 8 PM. Then usually a high carb snack around 10. I'm trying to lose around seven pounds of weight, but not lose uh, lean mass. I don't do well mentally if I miss a workout, but feel that nothing is really changing. Can you please help me? So they're doing like 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, like back to back? 20 minute hit, 30 minute. Um, probably. I mean, it seems she, like it around uh, she said 7.30. They said five to six days a week. Yep. 7.30 a.m., 20 minute hit. 30-minute spin, and 30-minute so f- Well, I wonder if some days she does 20-minute hit and some days she does 30. That's what I was wondering. So there's two two routes I would take here. Either A, the first thing you need to do is break up those sessions. So instead of doing 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, do an hour of just cardio. Do an hour of just strength training and do more strength training than you do cardio. Um, if you're doing 30 minutes of weights and it's coming after hit and list, like all that cardio – then your performance is going to be really bad. Like that's why we don't do cardio before we lift because it's just going to fatigue you and you're not going to be able to perform maximally. So the first thing I would do is break those up and have just standalone days that are just for strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, once you do that, I think you'll see better progress period. I don't, I don't think you need to um, adjust anything else. I mean, she, she wants to lose seven pounds. Did she say what her, her nutrition is at? Nope. She just said like that's what she's doing and she Jesus. wants to lose. Uh, meal at last meal around 8 p.m., which is in a high-carb snack around 10 p.m. And that, and that wouldn't matter. I mean, if you prefer not to eat in the morning before you work out and you're eating at night, that's fine. It's just daily intake. So yeah. the biggest thing is, like, your your macros and your calories have to be on point. Your daily intake has to be met. And you got to break up those sessions because you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot with that. For sure. But, yeah. All right. So this question is sh- – oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Sheetal Bagnari. I get it pretty well. Should I <laughs> – should I still implement refeed days if I am only count, uh, calorie counting but not macro counting? I eat whatever I want but in reduced portions, so I'm sticking to my daily ca- caloric allowance. If I still need refeed days, what would they look like? If you are in a deficit, then I would say yes. Um, the main purpose of a refeed is to increase calories to maintenance um, when diet fatigue starts to accumulate. So. If you're in a deficit, even if you're not tracking macros, you're just tracking calories, after a certain amount of time, either when A, you're starting to feel the effects of the diet, so your biofeedback starts to, to go down, or you just haven't pre-planned to avoid that. Like every two weeks, you take three days at a higher caloric intake. Um, that works great, and all you would do is just increase calories. So like if you know you're in a 300-calorie deficit, add 300 calories, and that's your maintenance, and that's you eat that for three days and then go back to the deficit. Um, I will caution you that it won't be as advantageous as it would be if you were just doing it via carbohydrates. So I would encourage you to just try to intuitively eat more carbs on those days because you get a better benefit from refeeds when you do it with carbohydrates versus any other nutrient. Um, the other side of that too is I would say is like if you're going to track just cow, you don't want to track all the macros and you want flexibility, I would highly encourage you to track protein and calories because there is some research that shows just calories versus just calories and protein 
um, underperforms. So if you're tracking protein and your calories, that means you're meeting your minimum amount needed of protein and you're staying within your calories. If you're just doing calories, you're not always hitting that protein need. You're just making sure you stay in your calories. You're still going to get results because calories in versus calories out, but you're not going to get nearly the same results as you would if protein was where it needs to be. Um, and then you just let fats and carbs kind of fluctuate up and down depending on what you need. But um, if you're at a plateau, like so if somebody came to me and they're like, oh, I track calories, that's it, and I'm at a plateau and I want to lose more weight, I would say, hey, I'm not going to pull calories. I'm just going to make sure you hit your protein every day, and we're going to keep calories the same. That way we're not going to have any metabolic adaptation occur, but you're going to get better results. Um, so I would, I know that wasn't your question, but I would encourage you to do that. And then you can do refeeds. They're just less structured, and you would just bring calories up uh, to your maintenance level ca calories, and I would try to intuitively do it with more carbs. Gotcha. But yeah. That's how I do it. Got to find that maintenance, though. Courtney Morgan Van Diver. That's a sweet name. That's a sweet name. Thoughts on steps per day during maintenance. Is 15,000 too much? No. That's usually what I get about a day. Next question. I'm like in between. <laughs> I mean, I'm usually in between like 12 and 15. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. As long during as you're maintenance? not. maintenance? Yeah. I mean, as long as you're not fatigued. Movement is healthy. You yeah. know what I mean? So if you're walking a bunch. Um, you're, you're going to have better blood sugar levels, better insulin sensitivity, better cardiovascular health. You're probably going to recover better because you're working on your, your lungs and your oxygen, your oxidative system. Um, so there's no, I mean, it's, it's, it's strengthened your immune system. So like I would encourage it. The only time I ever tell people like you're walking too much is when, uh, they're like on a race to burn more calories. They're like, I need to hit 20 K steps a day. And they're like trying so hard to burn more and more calories. I'm like, look. You're stressing yourself out. You're moving way too much. You're taking 16 walks a day. Just chill. Eat less food. Yeah. You'll lose weight. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I think if you enjoy, like I, I don't do it because I'm trying to lose weight. I'm in a gaining phase. I do it because I enjoy getting outside and walking in the trails. So I do that a few times a day and I end up getting about 15,000 steps because of that. Um, so, and that's, I mean that, and then I pace and hear when I'm on calls and shit like that. But it's, it, it enhances my life. So I'm going to keep doing it. If it's something that you're like, man, my, the arches of my feet hurt. I'm getting tired. My joint, my knees are starting to ache. I'd be like, yo, <laughs> cool. D it. Different route. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to step that much um, because there's no like 15 is the number or 20 is the number or 10 is the number. There really isn't a number. It's it's just more is better t until more is too much. Right. So like if, if you're stepping 3,000 steps a day because you're pretty sedentary, I'm not going to say, hey, like 15,000 steps is the number you got to get up to. I'm going to say, hey, you should strive for 5,000. That's 2,000 extra steps that are going to help strengthen your immune system, build your cardiovascular health, make sure your recovery is better. Like, you know what I mean? It's, but it's just 2,000 extra steps. We don't yeah. need to, like, go way up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're enjoying it and it's not affecting you negatively, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It all depends. Yeah, it all depends. Imagine that. All right. Neil Miller. I appreciate your name, Neil. Why? It's simple. Oh, <laughs> I mean, for me, I shouldn't say other people's names aren't simple because they're probably simple to them, but yeah. not to someone that doesn't know how to pronounce words. All right. What's your take on the Lumen device that keeps popping up on my YouTube? Claims to hack on your metabolism. We talked about this last week. Yeah. Um, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pause real quick. And, and I'm edit gonna, this out? No, I'm going to pull it up on my phone because I, uh, I want to look at this thing while I talk about it. I haven't one actually. Take Jake. Yeah, one take, Jake. We're not pausing. It's just part of it. I meant to look it up. Camera's still rolling. 
Uh, Lumen. L-U-M-E-N. L-U-M-E-N. Metabolism tracker. Okay, so let's see. Hack your metabolism. Exclamation mark and a question mark. Lumen knows if your body is using fats or carbs for fuel. Lumen is the world's first hand first handheld portable device to accurately measure metabolism. If you put it in your mouth, the science isn't new, but the technology is. Lumen uses a CO2 sensor and flow meter to determine the CO2 concentration in a single breath. This indicates the type of fuel your body is using to produce energy. Being able to track my metabolism has been pretty epic. Oh, this is a, a testimonial. Uh, like having a nutritionist in your pocket. I would disagree. Know, know what and when to eat to fuel your workout, improve your metabolic flexibility, and support fat burn. I think it's – honestly, I think it's kind of stupid. I don't I – don't, one, I don't think it can be that accurate. Yeah. Number two, I think what you eat is what you burn. So I think it's kind of it's kind of pointless because, you know, if, I, if I'm doing it, it's going to tell me that, like, you're a carb burner, like, and your metabolism loves carbs, so keep eating carbs because I eat a lot of carbs. But if I stop doing it and I switch to a keto diet for two weeks, it would probably say, like, your body loves fat keep producing ketones because it's reading whatever I'm putting off. And guess what? I don't have any carbs in my system. I'm going to be putting off fats. You know what I mean? So I think that it's, I mean, like it said, the science isn't new. We know that carbs are the preferential fuel and fats aren't. Yeah. Um, fats are good for hormonal and, and other health properties, but carbs are the fuel. So I think it's going to tell everybody that essentially. Um, I don't know. I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff. I think they're trying too hard to not a big device guy. I'm not. Like I think it's <laughs> I agree though, man. It's just too much, man. Yeah. I got my Apple Watch that tracks my steps and I'm good. Yeah. That's which, borderline for you. It is. It's too <laughs> dude, like it kind of bugs. You took it me. off for a while. I know cuz it bugs like yeah. if it didn't count my steps, I wouldn't wear it. Yeah. I, I like the time, but I also hate the notifications. <laughs> Fucking that bugs me. Cuz they're just I feel like you're consumed by notifications at that yeah. point. I almost got the aura ring because the aura ring What? It's an aura, so it's kind of like this, but it tracks your sleep, tracks your heart rate, tracks your steps, that, that does too. and it's just a ring. I know, but it's a ring. I don't have to see time. I don't have to have notifications, um, and it's more accurate. The ring, the the aura ring's expensive, but it's it's way more accurate than the Apple watches. Um, but I didn't want to wear another. Five hundred bucks. I think it's like five ninety nine for the cheaper one. Whoa. Yeah, it's like a really good device, dude. Um, but I don't want to wear another ring. Yeah. But Sam made a good point. It's like all black. He was like, uh, no, uh, yeah, Sam Miller. Um, he uh, he was like, dude, your wedding ring looks just like my aura ring, and he like held it up next to mine. He's like, why don't you just wear the aura ring on that finger? And I was like, oh, that's a good good point. Might have to do that. Um, I have to have discussion first. <laughs> Shannon wouldn't even notice. Oh, <laughs> it looks true. exactly the same. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but and I got those rubber ones. She doesn't, she doesn't so care. I got two two questions real quick. Um, I, I have no idea about this, and people, I don't know. This is the first time I ever heard of it too. What go? What happens? Or what? goes on to allow an Apple watch to uh, read your steps. Mm. Um, it senses movement from what I know. I mean, I haven't, honestly, I haven't even dug into the science on that, but um, I think there's a few things. I think like it can, some of them read your pulse too, but, um, and that's where you get like the heart rate stuff. But I, I believe it's literally just tracking motion and movement and that's it. Like, I literally think that's all it does. Hmm. But that's why I think a lot of, like, I, I had somebody ask me the other day, it's like, I'm worried that it's inaccurate because when I'm doing stuff on my job, my yeah. hand's moving, I'm not walking. Absolutely. And what I told them is, like, neat is neat. So 
you're going to burn similar calories from you like swinging your hand all the way up that you would swinging your leg all the way up. So if, if your hand movement is that crazy that it's triggering it to do steps, the caloric expenditure is going to be pretty damn similar. So it doesn't really matter. Hmm. Neat isn't just steps. Neat is like all your general activity. So if it's miscalculating your steps by counting other forms of neat, who cares? Yeah, it's, no. still, it's still a trend going in the same way. But it's also not super accurate. Like we they, know that. I mean, counting steps is a selling point. Yeah. I mean, it has to be. Yeah. And, and the thing, what I always tell people too is like, it's like body fat percentage. You get your body fat percentage and it's not that accurate, but if it shows you a trend going down, that's all that matters. Who cares about the exact number? Care that you're losing body fat. So with steps, if it doesn't count my every single step properly, but it counts the same inaccuracy every single day, then I can work over weeks to improve that. And it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So you can be in Like if somebody was same as counting macros. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say, if somebody is tracking something, they're like, fuck, like I've been using this one instead of this one and it has like 20 more calories on the track. I'm like, just keep tracking it. Who cares? You've been doing that this whole time and it happens every day. Just keep doing it. Like yeah. if, if variables are controlled, that's all that matters. So. Yep. But. Copy. All right. I have one more question just totally off subject, but um, you, you were talking about all these machines and devices and, you know, last week we were talking about grabbing the, not the BMI thing, but the. Uh, bioelectrical. Yeah. For uh, your, impedance. Yeah. So, have you watched the part two episode of Elon Musk with Joe Rogan? No, but I heard about it, yeah. Oh, my God. I, de I deleted done. it because I was like, I don't really want to listen. Because I don't listen to all of his interviews. They're so long. I was like, I don't want to hear you lie again. And then, so wow. I, like, deleted it. And then, Tori told me that Travis was, like, really into it. So, I was like, all right, fuck, I'll get it. Because me and Travis are usually on the same page with, like, what ones we like. Yeah, I watched it last night, and it scared me. Why? Dude. Artificial intelligence? Yeah, I don't He's like... fixing... People that are paralyzed. Whoa. And it's called the Neuralink. Whoa. So what, he like puts a... A chip in... He, he talked about the part of the brain that they put a... Like a size... They essentially... Joe called it... They go ice fishing into the top of your skull. They put this Neuralink in and it fixes everything. Dude, so okay. So I can't speak for Eli, no, obviously. I, I, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't know much about it. I think... I think he got that from Arrow, the TV show. Have you ever seen Arrow? It's a good TV show. It's like about the Green Arrow. It's like a superhero no. DC universe. It's on Netflix. Really good. But uh, Arrow's like uh, – did you ever watch James Bond? Yeah. You know Pennyfield? She's like the – Yeah. That yeah. It's like his yeah. Pennyfield. Okay. But it also ends up being his wife. But she gets paralyzed uh, waist down, okay. and they put a chip in, in the back of her – head like that and yeah. it like gives her, her neck. yeah, yeah. movement again so it's like the same thing yeah. that's trippy yeah like that kind of stuff i think is amazing man if they can help people but i the artificial intelligence that freaks me out is like robots and shit like that like the less and less we have to do as humans the more and more scared i get absolutely because social media machines and robots will take over us yeah that but freaks me out I, but par fixing paralyzed people won't i mean that's good. No, man, but it got way deeper into that. <laughs> Joe asked him, he goes, do you have a Neuralink in you? And the way he said no, he absolutely does. <laughs> like, What would it do for him? He, uh, I think. If he's not paralyzed, is there more to no, it? No, 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 no. Neuralink, uh, it, I it think they enhances. can. They can program it to do different things. Oh, like shit. The chip. Like, so he could be like, like Bradley Cooper and limitless, just make yeah. himself super yeah. fucking smart. <laughs> One of the comments in the thing says, imagine getting a bad, uh, firmware update and getting Alzheimer's. 
Like, yeah. Like, if something goes wrong with the update, like. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, life is nuts, man. Did they talk about COVID at all on there? Um, I don't think so. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought Tori said that they did. Well, they might have. I might at the end. I was falling asleep, but oh. it was over two hours long. But yeah, I don't have to do it. It was crazy. I'll download it. All right. Um, last question. Uh, we got Adrian Franklin. Uh, how many servings of pro- uh, protein powder is too much per day? I have a lot of food restrictions. Dairy. I have a lot of food restrictions. Dairy, egg whites, di- dislike fish, and I am having two scoops a day. Is that too much? Damn. Two that, scoops that a day. That makes it tough. No, it's not too no. much at all. I have two scoops a day as well. Um, I have a half a scoop in my Greek yogurt for lunch, and I have a scoop and a half with of casein at dinner every single night, after dinner, every single night. In your uh, dessert. Yeah. Yep. So it's like a protein ice cream. But I do that every single day. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, technically, you can do more. Like some of those protein overfeeding studies, they were drinking like five protein chicks a day because, you know, if I had to eat double my body weight and they're like, hey, you got to eat 350 grams of protein a day, I'd be like, do you know how much chicken that is? That's like 14 chickens. <laughs> not not really but you just supplement with protein shakes yeah. so there's nothing wrong with it some people have digestive stress um and you always have to remember that you burn more calories through the thermic effect of food when you eat protein and it's more satiating so it's better to eat your protein because you'll be fuller for longer and you'll burn more calories through the digestive process but if you're literally limited on all those then you can have multiple protein shakes a day um but i always just try to do it like you, one meal is egg whites have a couple protein cheeks every day, have like a couple forms of, uh, did she say she's lactose intolerant or she can have dairy? Uh, she has a restrictions, uh, dairy, egg whites, and then she dislikes fish. So yeah, probably. Oh, okay. So like steak, chicken, turkey, um, and maybe try to find a fish that you do like. I mean, it's, I, I, at the end of the day, if you can just switch those up and don't think like, fuck, I got to eat chicken four times a day, have chicken once, just have a bigger portion of it in one sitting. That's easier to do than having multiple servings of chicken throughout the day. Um, but yeah, you can have two scoops. I don't think it's going to do anything. Um, I do have a personality question for us to finish with. All right. Um, just cause we, we had that conversation last week of like, we should bring something up every no, time. Yeah. I have um, one too. Oh, perfect. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Good. We can do them both. We got time. Nope. Um, save mine. Okay. So it's music. Okay. So one band. Okay. I mean, there's going to be multiple, but, um, this, we're starting to this one artist in general, that you have to listen to for the rest of your life. The only artist you can ever listen to again. Who is it? You go. It's a hard one because, like, you can think of, like, who you like most, but it's like, who would you not get annoyed of most? <laughs> like, that's, like, over overplaying an artist can happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I listen to shit on repeat. I'm going to listen to, so, I'm double dipping, but... I'm going to listen to one artist, but he also is solo and in a band. So he can sing his band's music, but Mm. he can also sing his solo albums. Who's that? Aaron Lewis? No. Uh, Rob Thomas. Mm. Rob Thomas. Don't know. (laughs) Country? You're going to have a lot of unsubscribers for that one. Is he country? No. Matchbox 20. Oh, okay. I didn't know he did a solo. I only know him for Matchbox 20. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, okay. You would actually, they are very similar. So you may not know that it's his. Oh, solo yeah, album. yeah. Yeah. I probably thought it was Matchbox 20. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, Damn, I didn't even know you didn't know that name. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't big on Matchbox 20, man. 
Greatest band of all time. Um, really? You think so? Same with Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon. I think Kings of Leon is better. Um, I think when I was younger, I remember Matchbox 20. But I also, like, my parents listened to, like, more grungy. Yeah. So, like, I, it was, like, it was almost like Matchbox 20 wasn't hardcore enough yeah, for me. they were. Um, but. but I respect them now, which is funny because the band I'm going to choose is far from hardcore. But I would probably go with Oasis. I know, yeah. Like, I don't listen to them as much as I used to. But I, it's a band that I never actually get sick of. And they have so many songs. Every album you listen to, there's really not a bad song. Yeah. They're all really good. Yeah. Because um, I can think of some other bands, like, I've been really into A Day to Remember right now, but I know I would get sick of them yeah. after a couple months of only listening to them. Um, I thought Aaron Lewis, because he has that, like... Stained. Yeah, yeah. and his solo stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd probably go with Oasis. Actually. Okay, and then the next one is, uh, now we have to narrow that down to one album. You can only listen to one album. Is it the same artist? And then, if it is, if it's not, what, what artist Dude, would it be? shame on me. It's my favorite band, and I don't even... So it would be a Matchbox 21? It doesn't uh, have to be them. That's what I'm saying. Because think well, about why it, like would it. Why would it change? Um, because if Matchbox 20 has like 16 albums and there's just a couple songs on each one that's really good, you might not want to choose one album because then you got to no. listen to freaking 20 songs that suck. No, 20 songs that are all amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The album is called um, Yourself or Someone Like You. Matchbox 20. Hmm. Dude. Go ahead. I'll let you answer, then I'll say something. I don't remember the name of uh, Oasis the Oasis album. album. Thank you. I feel better now. Yeah. <laughs> it's your favorite band, <laughs> but I don't think know. There's, I mean, there's a couple. There's, uh, like, Standing on the, the Shoulders of Giants, and then there's um, uh, Definitely Maybe. But, like, I don't, like, I listen to just one big playlist all the yeah. time, so I'm trying to think of, like, which songs are on my favorite one. I also, one album that came to mind that has is a completely different genre is Like Father, Like Son, Lil Wayne, Birdman. Do not like Birdman, but that album is so good. I don't know one song. Maybe Stunt Like Leather So Yeah, that. Leather So Soft. You Ain't No. I know you know that song because you heard that song a bunch of times. Army Guns. Um, Cali Dro. Uh, these are so, about all that. There's so many songs that like Birdman's barely in, too. Uh, we're going to listen to that next time we lift. It's so good. I do know that. Ain't, ain't, yeah. That's a you horrible, horrible, ch- horrible choice. Oh, dude, you're tripping. All right. Um, two things. Uh, I forgot the first thing, but second, <laughs> second one is uh, that Instagram uh, thing that's been going around. I don't even know what you call them, but mm. like fad mm. or whatever. <laughs> like Bill Clinton holding albums. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. those? Mm-hmm. So I did those, but um, I just – when I got a record player in my house, like I've been – I don't want to buy like – all these albums, I, I just try and get the greatest hits one, you mm-hmm. know, you know, so yeah. get, but Kings, Matchbox, and a f- few others, like Blink, I, I couldn't, even the greatest hits one yeah. had songs I didn't, I want, so I just bought the albums. Yeah. Bought them all. Blink-182 has some really, yeah, Oops. there's, there's some good ones. Who did you put on the, on the Bill Clinton thing? Uh, it was, um, I did my current Blink- listens. Blink-22, yeah, I know. I did best of all time. Blink Twenty Two, Matchbox Twenty, Mumford and Sons, and Kings of Leon. Mm. So I know more. That's one of the best albums. But that is the greatest album I think in that c- category. But it, it's like totally a, f- a feels album. Yeah, like you have to be like depressed. One, <laughs> one album I might say too that I, I put that. I put in that that I might consider would be uh, Audio Slave, and it's it's just called Audio Slave. That's the band, but there, it was their yeah. first album. They just called yeah. it that too, because that one has some songs where he's just like screaming his heart out, and then there's songs where it's like. 
like slow. So yeah. it's kind of like has both mm-hmm. moods. Um, and every single song is great. I mean, Chris Cornell's voice and then Tom Rell's guitar is just insane. But I put that on there and then I put Tory Lanez because at that point I had that album on repeat. Yeah. Um, and then I think I put Nipsey Hussle Victory Lap because that's a great album great as well. Yeah, I did th- – actually, I was in the car with Justin and I got really mad. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to allow this to stress me out today. So <laughs> I did three of them. I did country, rap, and Oh, you like busted three times? Yeah. I'm not going to narrow my answers down to four ounce period. Yeah. I, I literally, like, somebody responded to the next day, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, shit, I would should have chosen this one. Yeah. I should have That's yeah. why I didn't do that. Yeah. And, yeah. Or someone comment on, uh, back to me and be like, why didn't you put this one? I'd be like, well, because I couldn't. And yeah. I wasn't even going to go even a step further and do four all time. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Great. Good. That's a good band. Yeah. Did you get the Maxbox 20 record? Uh, yeah. Four oh. of them. Yeah. Uh, we had that on our uh, Christmas list for you, but we didn't get it. We got you some. Or the birthday. Record. We got you the wine fridge yeah. instead. The record? Yeah, we were going to get multiple things, but we had uh, I had Matchbox 20s, like a couple different records in our cart, but I was trying to figure out like which album to actually get. Yeah. Um, and then we just got the wine yeah. thing because we were like, oh, we know for sure. <laughs> I made Josephine sign, <laughs> sign a uh, agreement that if Matchbox comes to uh, – Town, we get front row seats. <laughs> so. Sign a contract. Yep. I promise. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, guys. Good shit. See you next week. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of The Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.